0: Hello, friends. Welcome to today's episode. One of the most controversial and triggering statements in the healing space is this. Take responsibility. And as far as I can tell, hearing those words often seems to propel people towards one of two extremes. So the extreme state number one that people get into when they hear those words is, Yeah, I'll just man up. And then the internal dialogue in their mind is something like, I'm not a victim. I'm not weak. I'll just push through this. I can do it. I can be responsible. And then the other end of the spectrum that people swing towards when they hear the words, take responsibility, is you don't have any idea what I've been through. I have every right to be in pain and suffering. So the first state is a state of avoidance of inner stress under the guise of taking responsibility, And the other state is a righteous indulgence in their stress and complete rejection of the idea of taking responsibility. And lately, I've seen wars being waged online between different individuals, healers, teachers, all different kinds of people, as they're trying to convince others that their end of the spectrum is what healing really looks like. And from my perspective, these two polarized reactions are both just as dysfunctional as one another. And healing, in my experience, is almost never black and white. It's never this or that. And when I see two very different paths of thinking like this, I often believe that there's probably some truth in both of them. So, in this episode, I want to dive into the functional, skillful use of the words, take responsibility, and how we can dissolve some of the misconceptions of it that make this statement problematic on the path of healing. Also, let's talk about why some people are so triggered by it, and this kind of all ties in together. So the problems with this statement are not the functional encouragement of taking responsibility. The problem we have with the statement, take responsibility, is the interpretation of what this means. So interpretation number one is that it means get over it, move on. Now, people that are in a state of identifying with their victimhood and struggling to move through their stress will plant their feet and righteously shout, how dare you? You don't have any idea what's going on in my life. How dare you ask me to be responsible? I didn't ask for this situation and on and on and on, right? So this kind of response of rejecting the idea of taking responsibility only arises because of this misconstrued idea that taking responsibility means get over it. It doesn't. And people who say this statement with the tone of take responsibility, just get over your shit already. They're just ignorant. Okay. They too have misinterpreted the actual meaning and they're just as powerless as you. And I'm going to show you why. So these people who want to take responsibility and they're all gung-ho, they often react just as dysfunctionally as those who are rejecting it. They often think that taking responsibility means I just have to get my shit together and get on with it. So I'm talking about the extremes in these interpretations of taking responsibility. There obviously are people that don't hold these ideas and probably are walking what I'm going to call the middle path, and I'll get into that in a bit. So this extreme interpretation of taking responsibility to mean I just have to get my shit together and get on with it. It's so detrimental. So it encourages people to suppress trauma or stress. And this version of taking responsibility can be one of the motivators behind the toxic positivity movement, as well as what we're hearing now is spiritual bypassing. Okay, it causes people to deny Or avoid their inner stress by trying to force themselves to just be better. To just be healed already. And emotions, they don't just go away when you cut them off at the throat like that. They're like flowers on a bush. If any of you are gardeners, you'll know what I mean when I say this. If you want to get rid of a bush for good, you can't just cut the flowers off. You can't just cut off even all the leaves. All it does is it pushes more energy into the plant so it can produce more leaves and more flowers, right? This, this is the same as emotion. If you want to truly uproot an emotion or heal a trauma, the more you try to cut it off or suppress it, the more energy you actually feed it and it will come back stronger. So that's problem number one. Now the second interpretation of the words, take responsibility, is that it means that you're to blame so if someone says those words to you, take responsibility, and you start feeling triggered, you probably haven't heard the words and their functional meaning. So the functional meaning is, I have the power. I can be responsible in this situation. Wow, how wonderful. Instead, you've interpreted it to mean, I'm being weak. This person thinks that I should be different. They think I'm not being strong enough. Ooh, That's a, that's a big trigger. <laughs> So it will. It will trigger your desire to defend yourself and to state all the major reasons why you should be able to feel like a victim. So you completely reject the idea of being responsible. But taking responsibility means being response-able. Able to respond. And that's all. That's actually all that means. Misstatement doesn't tell you what you should feel. It doesn't tell you that you should be more positive. It also doesn't tell you that you should just get over whatever you're feeling or experiencing. All this statement does is that it tells you the truth, that you have the power to respond. And this is an incredible power, you guys, one that we don't want to give up or overlook because we've misinterpreted the meaning of take responsibility. Now, before we get into what that actually looks like in action, I want to just touch on the idea of being a victim, This is a really triggering subject but I want to get into it. I think it's important. So we have a really strong victim culture and it seems to have blown up on social media lately and it's come about for so many reasons but one of the reasons that I viewed is that people realized that toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing, they're not actually helping their healing. So in an attempt at acknowledging and validating more of of their own experiences, I think people started talking about them. And this was great in the beginning. It turns problematic for people when instead of flowing through an emotional journey, they end up planting their feet in the river of chaos because somewhere along the way, being in chaos has started to feed part of their wounded ego. So in sharing victim stories online, people start to create bonds. We call them trauma bonds in the psychology world. You probably heard that term. So that means people get applauded for their trauma and people soothe one another for going through their stress or their traumas. And this, again, it's not a bad thing. It can be a really helpful part of healing to move through something with a community. But people get stuck in this mentality because their trauma keeps them bonded to others and gives them a false sense of power when they previously felt powerless this false power it's a byproduct of the person's pain it's not rooted in their strengths or their inspiration or their love or their authentic connection and then once that pain or trauma starts to fade or go away or that person actually starts to heal they stop feeling this sense of power Other people stop feeding their validation or their acknowledgement. And then this can actually lead to self-sabotage subconsciously and could continue the cycle of suffering because the person's subconscious mind wants to go back to that feeling of control or power or sense of belonging. Is this making sense? I just want to reiterate, wanting to belong, creating bonds with other people... Moving through trauma together isn't a bad thing. None of those things are bad. They become problematic when part of you really actually wants to let go of the past and to move forward and to start to experience more peace and joy and authentic connection. But if all of your energy has gone into building an identity around your pain and all of your friendships and bonds are created on that pain, part of you isn't going to want to give that up. And it becomes a struggle between wanting to heal, but also not wanting to give up these bonds, these friendships, this attention, this energy. Now, when I have these conversations with people, people say, well, what are you supposed to do then? Am I not supposed to acknowledge the fact that I was victimized or abused or talk about that? Like how, what does healing look like? And that's a really good question. Being victimized is not a problem. It's not a weak, a state of weakness. It's a fact. People go through all kinds of terrible, horrific traumas, all kinds of diagnoses or different circumstances in life. You're not somehow lesser than because you were a victim to something. It's just, it's simply a fact. This victimization becomes a barrier in people's lives when the individual who is victimized loses connection with their authentic self when their whole identity becomes wrapped up in being a victim, wrapped up in their stress or situation. And this is really destabilizing because now, again, we pretty much just went over this. But when that person tries to heal from their abuse, they will start to automatically let go of their victim identity. But if they've completely lost touch with their authentic self, they will have zero connection with who they are beyond this victim identity they will start to make small strides in their healing but really quickly regress because the only stability they know now is their victim identity. And as unstable as these identities can be, it can feel even more unstable to step into the unknown and flounder around in the dark trying to reconnect to your authentic self. So many people grow into a state of comfort in their disempowerment, a state of comfort in their victim state. Because they're able to receive the much-needed attention, comfort, and friendship in their pain. The only problem is, is that they have to keep the pain alive in order to keep these other things alive. And for some people, that's fine because they want to live their life like that. But for other people who are genuinely wanting to heal past their pain and move on, it can be really helpful to ask yourself, what am I getting from hanging on to my trauma? Because we only hang on to things because they're giving us something. And once you identify, oh, it's the attention, it's the comfort, it's the friendship, it's safety, it's security. You can start to recreate those things in your life, but in healthy ways that don't require you to hang on to your past pain or trauma in order to get them. Does that make sense? So what does the middle path actually look like between... The spiritual bypassing version of taking responsibility or the toxic positivity version of taking responsibility versus the indulgence in the victim identity and rejection of taking responsibility. What's the middle path between those things? The middle path looks like non-attachment. So it looks like recognizing functional barriers in life like a recent health diagnosis or being victim to an abusive situation. And then, instead of indulging in the powerless state of, there's nothing I can do here in this circumstance, you practice allowing yourself to be with any emotion, any feeling, any thought that arises. You acknowledge the circumstance. You validate it by saying, yes, of course you showed up, fear. The situation is frightening. So you practice witnessing everything that arises in the process, but you don't cling on to any of it. You don't let it become your identity and swallow you up. You don't judge yourself for having negative feelings and try to reject them, and you also don't cling on to the feelings and try to find other negative people to validate those feelings and create trauma bonds with. You feel the feelings without attachment to them. This is a very Buddhist-style practice. Pema Chodron, a great Buddhist teacher of our time, she said, The emotions are the clouds, but you are the whole sky. I love that so much, you guys. Emotions are the clouds, but you are the whole sky. So the practice is, can you be responsible for maintaining your connection with the whole sky? Can you practice this so you don't get caught up in the storms that are running through you? Can you be with whatever life is throwing at you without it consuming you? Now, I want to wrap this up, but I want to leave you with an example from my own life where I indulged in the toxic positivity version of taking responsibility, where I was just trying to push through and get over it, and it didn't work. It totally collapsed in on me. I also, in the same circumstance, then started to indulge in the victim mentality thinking that this must be the way to move through this. And that totally collapsed on me as well. So I was in an abusive relationship for five years of my life. And after about the first three years of this relationship, I started to realize the dysfunction in it. I started to realize, ooh, I don't really want to be in this situation anymore. This isn't healthy. So my first response was to take responsibility, but take responsibility from the misinterpreted version of that statement to mean just be positive. If you can maintain a positive state of mind and take responsibility for your own happiness in the situation, everything will be fine. I was able to convince myself every now and then that everything was okay, to just be happy, and I would experience moments of happiness and moments of peace. But guess what happened to my actual physical situation? Absolutely nothing. I stayed completely 100% stuck in this abusive situation. I eventually opened up to a girlfriend about what was going on. And she made it crystal clear that I was a victim in the situation. My partner was abusing me physically and mentally. It was not my fault. This other person was problematic. It was their responsibility because they were the abuser. And I had nothing to do with it. And I completely indulged in that victim state. And guess what changed in my life? absolutely nothing. Because on a subconscious level, I essentially told myself that because I'm the victim and because that person is the abuser, I'm powerless. I have no ability to respond in the situation. I am not response able. My healing finally came when I realized that both of these extreme mentalities were not working. And they both led me to the exact same place, to be stuck in my trauma. What I finally had to do was what I already mentioned before in this episode, which is about recognizing fully what is going on, acknowledging exactly what's happening, my own feelings, the circumstance, this other person's behavior, my participation in it. To see all the facts, but not be attached to them, not judge them as good or bad, not try to run from them or escape from them. Just look at them clearly. And when I was able to see those things clearly and not try to hide from them and not feel completely powerless and victimized to the situation and creating a big emotional story around it, I was able to see a way out. I saw the fact, yes, I am a victim to this abusive situation, but at the same time, I'm not powerless. I'm actually able to respond. How can I respond? I can decide to walk away. I can decide to stop participating. And that's exactly what I did. And I was finally able, after, it took me two years to figure this out. So after a total of five years in this situation, I was able to leave. I was walking the Buddhist middle path of being able to see everything clearly, allowing things to arise, and then deciding to take functional action based on my values. It's not an easy path. It's not... It's not as simple as i i make it out to be but it's worth the effort so if you can recognize where you're becoming polarized on your path of healing where are you stuck at the moment are you righteously trying to force your way through a difficult situation or a trauma by taking responsibility but it's from a toxic positivity perspective or are you stuck in the victim culture Are you powerless to your circumstance? Have you given up all hope of being able to respond, of taking responsibility? And now healing is no longer possible for you. Where are you? And can you start to lean a little bit more towards the middle? That's the practice. I hope this was helpful. I really enjoyed this conversation. I love this topic. I don't have all the answers, but from my own experience, I believe that some of these things really are helpful. I hope you have some good takeaways. I look forward to our next discussion. Amitabha. Hope you have a wonderful day. Bye for now.